Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Amen. I want to deal with the subject this morning. God will provide. Hmm? And we like to shout over that, but I'm going to preach on God will provide the grace. The grace. Tell your neighbors all about grace. Grab your Bibles, amen, and I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I usually say everybody stand, <laughs> but you've been standing. That's all right. God, God, God can still anoint the word with, with you sitting, so just be seated this morning. Be fine. Genesis chapter number 22, verse number six. Thank you so much for praying for me and my wife. Uh, while we were down in Corpus Christi doing a camp meeting last week, and some of you were committed to praying for us. A lot of you pray for us every day. I know that and realize that. And they've been doing camp meeting for 20 years and said this is one of the best camp meetings they ever had. So God just moved, not because of me. There's four other preachers there with me. But anyway, thank you so much for praying for us, but it's always good to come home. Amen? Are you there? Genesis chapter number 22 and 6. This is when God has spoke to Abraham, putting him to the greatest test of his life. God told Abraham to go offer his son, his only begotten son, on the altar of sacrifice. And Abraham moved in obedience. Genesis 22 and 6 says, And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it upon Isaac his son, took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they went both of them together. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, son. He said, Behold, here's the fire, here's the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. And they came to the place which God told him of, and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order. He bound Isaac his son, laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Are y'all with me? You feel that, sister? Me too. We read through these stories like there's nothing to it, but can you imagine what was going through Abraham's mind? Your son? He stretched forth his hands. Is that where I'm at? Verse ten or eleven and the uh, ten. And he, uh, Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to kill his own son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, "Abraham, Abraham!" And he said, "Here am I." He said, "Don't do it. Lay not thine hand upon the lad. Neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know you fear God, seeing." that you hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Abraham, and went, Abraham went and took the ram. He offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, one of our favorite statements in church, Jehovah Jireh, which means God will provide. It actually means the Lord will see to it. The Lord will see to it. 
Amen. Can y'all help me just a little bit? Amen. I don't know what your neighbor may be going through, but why don't you look at them and tell them God's going to see to it. Come on, you got to say it like a preacher. You got to spit. God is going to... Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will see to it. The Lord will provide. Verse 14 goes on to say, as it is said to this day in the mountain of the Lord, it shall be seen. That's why he says that. It shall be seen. God's going to see to it. I don't know what you're going through, but God will see to it. There's somebody's word. Now I'm going to do something I don't normally do is read outside the King James Version from the pulpit. But I need, uh, I need you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. And if you don't have an amplified Bible, just read the screen. The screen opens up, I mean, this uh, translation opens this portion of scriptures up uh, in a way that I need to deal with it this morning. And you can keep your King James Version and go back and read it. Amen. Don't change anything. It just takes you a little deeper in it. Second uh, Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 7. Paul said, and to keep me from being puffed up and too much elated by exceeding greatness of these revelations, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to rack and buffet and harass me to keep me from being excessively exalted. Three times. Somebody shout three times. Paul said, I was really having a problem with this thing. And I came to the Lord continually about this thing. That I need you to deliver me of this. I need you to take this thing away from me. Three times I called upon the Lord and besought him about this and begged that it might depart from me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient. That's King James Version. My grace is sufficient. But he said unto me, my grace, my favor and loving kindness and mercy is enough for you. It is sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? A lot of you may be hating on Amphi right now, but all that is is a, actually the, the uh, Greek words defined for you in the scripture. It's what Amplified does. So I want you to get that now. He said it's sufficient, meaning sufficient against any danger and gives you the strength and enables you to bear the trouble like a man. Somebody shout man up. He went on to say far. Somebody shout far. Thank y'all. Y'all are helping me so much. For my strength and power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed, and show themselves most effective in your weaknesses. Wow. Therefore, things is changing now. Therefore, based on what I now know, Paul says, I will all the more gladly glory in my weaknesses and my infirmities that the strength and the power of Jesus may rest upon me. So for the sake of Christ, I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities, insults, 
hardships. Are y'all in the same Bible? This dude is praising God for trouble. What a man. What a man. I am well pleased and take pleasure in infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, distresses. For when I am weak in my human strength, then am I truly strong, able, and powerful in divine strength. God bless you, you dismiss. Be back. To, is the word not enough? That's powerful right there. Let's pray. Father, we just love you and thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for every individual that you brought here today. You brought us to make a deposit and now's the time. Oh God, that you would help me, this mortal man, to enter into the realm of the spirit and make a spiritual deposit into the heart of every believer in this place this morning. And let us leave here richer, not because of a preacher, but because of your word and your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. Yeah, uh, uh, in, verse chapter, uh, in verse 9, Paul is asking God to, de- to deliver him of a certain affliction. Now, we got all kind of theologians, uh, amen, that's trying to determine what was Paul's problem. Amen. Uh, the Bible don't give us a specific on what was the problem of Paul. Amen. But I can tell you this. We can glean enough from the Bible. Amen. That it was not a fleshly temptation. It was a fleshly malady. It was an infirmity in his flesh. Some sort of a sickness. Some sort of a disease. Amen. I have my opinion, but it's not important this morning. So Paul was asking them, God, to deliver him of a certain affliction. And the response of God has become one of the most popular phrases in Christianity, which is what? My grace is sufficient. Don't you just hate it when you're going through something and people pull this card on you? (laughs) Amen. Can't you come up with another scripture, dude? Anytime you're going anything through anything and you're sharing with somebody, usually they have heard somebody quote this and they will tell you, my grace is, God's grace is sufficient. But uh, uh, what he do- goes on to say is even more revelational than my grace is sufficient. Amen. He said, my, my grace is sufficient for the for, somebody shout for, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. The word for is a prepositional conjunction. Y'all catch that? Took me 30 minutes to come up with them big words. It's a for is a prepositional conjunction, which is used, catch this, to connect or establish a relationship between an object and some other part of the sentence. For, the word for. The object, of course, is grace. The prepositional conjunction is for. Are you following me? And it is connecting or establishing a relationship between the object of the first statement, which is grace, and the object of the second statement, which is strength. So when God used the word for between the two objects, grace and strength, he is establishing the fact that they are connected. 
You with me? Cole, you with me? Uh, close your mouth, son. It's wide open. <laughs> he is making a connection between two objects, grace and strength. He's saying they are connected. They are synonymous. They are interchangeable. Are you following me? They're interchangeable. They're relational. They are equal. They are one. So God was actually saying, my strength is sufficient for you. My strength is more than enough. Some of you are facing some things that I know you think is more than you can handle, that it's unbearable and beyond your abilities and capabilities. And it's a proper assessment because it is beyond your ability to bear up under it. Amen? But God said, my strength, my strength is not only equal to what you're going through, it's more than enough. Mm, help me, Holy Ghost. What you can't do, my grace can. What you can't handle, my grace can. What is too much for you is not too much for my grace. Then God gives Paul an astounding revelation that changes the entire theological mindset of this man of God. God says, Paul, I'm not taking that dilemma out of your life. My grace is made perfect in your situation. My strength, my grace is fulfilled and completed and shows itself most effective when you are at your weakest. God, somebody got to get this word. In other words, my grace is seen the clearest and it is the most obvious in the midst of your dilemma. My strength, my grace shines the brightest in the backdrop of your impossible situation. Is anybody in an impossible situation in this place right now? Your impossibilities are the, uh, this is what he was telling him. Your impossibilities is the only place my possibility can be made manifest. And then all of a sudden with this revelation, Paul responds. In that case, I will rather, somebody shout what rather. I will rather glory in my weakness that the grace of Jesus Christ can rest upon me. That, that word rather means to modify or clarify something that I previously stated. In other words, Paul was saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, let me retract that last request. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I was feeling sorry for myself before I caught this revelation. Wait a minute, I was down, depressed, discouraged, and overcome by the emotions of my own soul because of the dilemma I'm in. But now that I have this revelation, let me retract what I said and say, bring it on, devil. Oh, somebody better help me, amen. Whoa, whoa, he said, now I got a right perspective of what I'm going through that really my 
Oh, God, help me, Holy Ghost. It's somebody's word. Shake them. Wake them up. They're right beside you. Tell them this is your word. Amen. Paul said, now rather, instead of murmuring, complaining, and praying, and begging God to do something about my situation, I realize I'm standing right up front in a perfect opportunity for the grace of God. I'm going to get happy in this place for the grace of God to be manifested in my life. I used to think it was opposition. Now I call it opportunity. Oh, that's somebody's word right there. Amen. I used to think it was opposition and I I was poor, pitiful me. Why is the devil always picking on me? Gloom, despair, and agony on me. My God, that preacher can't only preach, he can sing. Come on, somebody help me. <laughs> Deep, dark depression. Huh? Anybody remember Hee Haw? That's for you. Thank you, sister. You dated yourself, amen. Right there, Paul said, now rather, 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 amen, instead of being defeated by the situation, I realize that that's the only interest into my life. As long as I'm strong enough, I don't need God. As long as I'm smart enough, I don't need God. As long as I'm rich enough, I don't need God. There's some people in this building that are standing in a good place to see the glory of God Almighty. Somebody ought to help me in this place. (laughs) My God, you want everybody to know how strong you are. You want everybody to see your strengths. But God's standing back here somewhere saying, I can't get in there. I can't get in there. So Paul said, I tell you what I'm going to glory in. I'm going to glory in how nothing I am. I'm going to glory in how enabled I am. Because when I do God, somebody shout God. God, I feel him in this place. God, you ain't going under, you're going over. There's a grace for where you're at. Paul said, if my dilemma is the only opportunity for grace to be revealed, then I will gladly glory in my weakness that the grace of God could rest upon me. Somebody's going to leave here with a new grace. Mike, you ready? We're going to leave here with a new grace. And in in verse number nine and 10, he uses the word therefore. Therefore means for which cause are based on what I now know. Therefore, what used to depress me and oppress me encourages me. So now I take pleasure in my infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches and necessities and in persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then do I access the divine strength of Almighty God. Can I tell somebody this morning, your dilemma, your weakness, your inability is God's only access and opportunity to manifest his grace to you. So when Jehovah Jireh gets ready to manifest his grace, he will provide you with a situation that is so far beyond your ability and capacity that his grace is made obvious. We like to shout, Jehovah Jireh, gonna send me a check in the mail. I'm gonna go talk to these folks, y'all looking at me funny. 
Come on, preacher, God will provide. He's gonna provide the strength. He's gonna provide the money. He's gonna provide the breakthrough. He's gonna, huh? Are you listening to me? But Paul said he will provide a dilemma Oh my God, I don't know if y'all ready for this this morning. He'll provide a dilemma to create an opportunity for his grace to be made manifest in your life. So while some of y'all are praying for God to change your situation, amen, that situation is designed for you to find a grace you didn't know nothing about before this situation comes. So instead of wipe the tears out of your eyes and start looking for grace, there's grace in here somewhere. There's grace in here somewhere. Amen. God wants me to see him like I've never seen him before. He wants his grace to be made so obvious that somebody say, my God. I was sharing my testimony with a brother right before church that I was a drunk. I was a slobbering drunk. I knew she was going to get off on that. Amen. And I didn't have the ability to change it. I mean, amen. I mean, I was losing. Come here, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. I'm going to pull you up here. She's going to kill me when I get home. Look at this and look at me. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? Ain't no way somebody look like me can get something like this. I got a big amen right here. Amen. Somebody say his grace is sufficient. Amen. So I was losing the most beautiful thing in my life, but I didn't have the grace to change it. I didn't have the strength of God to change it. I'd make up my mind every time I leave work, I'm going home, I'm going home, I'm going home, I'm going home. And them not heads I work with. Uh, wasn't my fault. I was going home. We didn't make it home. And I didn't make it home for three days. Is anybody in this building with me? Amen. And I told her, baby, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I promise you I'm going to change. And I had every intention to change, but I didn't have the grace to change until one day, God, is anybody listening to me? He came into my life and he gave me a grace to say no when I ought to say no. He gave me the grace to tell the devil today, you're going to follow, follow me. I ain't following. Is anybody in this play? They said, Grace, God, I feel like shouting. There is a grace. You got to start looking for it. Now, I'm going to tell you something that you may have to chew on. Don't throw nothing at me. As a matter of fact, God set the bar of Christianity so high, you can't live it without grace. I didn't know that would go over that good. I'm going to say it again. I don't know about this hyper grace they're preaching. It is robbing you of an experience with God is what it's doing. Amen. But I've come to tell you, Jesus set the bar so high that you can't do it without grace. So when you're walking out the life of Jesus, there can't but one person be glorified. And that's the grace of God. Somebody ought to shout in this place. Amen. Oh, I know that Bamberg boy. Uh-huh. I know him. Amen. Amen. That's why over 400 people showed up to this church to watch your testimony because you can't come out of that stuff by yourself. There's got to be a grace. God, oh I just, I got to have a grace. I got a grace. Amen. It's a strength. That's why you got to be careful if you're sitting in this. Y'all pardon me, I'll settle down. I teach my kids not to climb on furniture. 
That's why you can't sit back here and say, I don't know about that Christianity stuff. I can't live that. I can't live that. That's exactly the way God designed it. Amen. God, that's good stuff right there. He designed it that way. Amen. But the good news is when you get born again, he deposits a grace in you and you start living like you ain't never lived before. You start walking like you ain't never walked before. I ain't gonna tell you I didn't ever want another drink. Devil still bugs me today. Can I help somebody? Huh? I, I, I'm just going, can I just be transparent? Amen. You couldn't hold me down and, and, and pour a beer down my goozle. But sometimes I'm just riding around the road and boy, I see a sign. Luke, you with me? And that thing, there it is. Just that long neck Miller light. That was my preference. And it's just sweating, running all down the side of it. I'm seeing who's drooling. <laughs> if you see somebody drooling, reach over and nudge them. There's grace for that. There's grace for that. <laughs> There's grace for that. Huh? Amen. I mean, I'm not walking around wanting a beer all the time, but every now and then the devil comes around. Amen. And all of a sudden, it looks so good. It sounds so good. Amen. And used to, amen, I didn't have the power to just keep right on driving. Amen. I used to couldn't pass them beer joints up, but praise God, there's a new grace been found in me. Amen. I'm not telling you I'm never tempted. I'm just telling you there's a strength that manifest in my weakness. Oh, somebody ought to high five your neighbor and tell them there's grace for that. <laughs> my God. So, so Jesus set the bar of Christianity so high so you can't do it without being born again. That's why people are frustrated in churches. They're trying mm, they're trying to live a life they know they should be living without the grace of God being deposited and it's called religion. Oh, somebody ought to help me right there. It's religion. It's the heaviest burden you ever gonna carry in your life and you may never drink another beer. I don't know, but you'll be in such bondage and turmoil, you might as well just tie one on. He didn't just say that, did he? But the Bible says, he whom the Son sets free. When you get this grace, you don't need an accountability partner calling you up saying, I'm finna drink a beer. You better help me. I'm finna drink. Amen. Some of you say, I didn't know it was a sin to drink. I ain't what I'm dealing with. I'm dealing with Dean. I'm giving you my testimony. It's what destroyed my life. Are you listening to me? Amen. I don't need that accountability partner telling me, Dean, go home. Dean, go home. I got a power within me that was the God Almighty. It's called salvation. God will provide. Hey, when the trouble comes, God will provide the strength. My God, you can't be a Christian without grace. That's why John says, so many as received them, to them gave he the power 
to become the sons of God. Amen. You can't even become a son of God without God giving you capacity. You didn't find God. I hear people say, oh, I found God. You didn't find nothing. He found you. And then he gave you the capacity to become a son. He gave you the grace to walk in grace. Uh, You'd still be a heathen. Some of you still are. (laughs) Amen. I need to move on, but I could prove to you that God set the bar of Christianity so high, you can't even be a Christian without grace. Paul said, let us have grace whereby we may serve the God acceptably, acceptably and reverently. See, I can't even serve God acceptably without grace. We've took the grace message and turned it around that it's a license, just seeing what I want to see. Huh? And because this, some of you never experience a greater level of grace. Will the grace of God forgive you too? Absolutely. Amen. You may just trot your way on to heaven. I don't know with a beer bottle in your hand. That's between you and God. But I do know there's a level of grace that enables me to stand up against what's trying to destroy. Is anybody listening to me? And it enables me to serve God acceptably and reverently. Did not Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Don't pat me on the back. It's, a, it's, it's, it's God has provided grace in me. So you are the grace of God manifested. Amen. Praise God. I'm going to hurry up. I'm almost through with my introduction. Then we're going to preach. <laughs> Boy, I've seen your faces light up. When Jehovah, get this now, when Jehovah Jireh gets ready to manifest his grace, He will provide a situation that is so far beyond you and your capability so that his strength and grace can be revealed. revealed. Are you following me? Paul had a shipwreck, right? The shipwreck came all to pieces. They paddled to the shore. He was on his way to prison. He was a prisoner on a prisoner's ship. Shipwrecked, come all to pieces. Now they're on the bank with a bunch of barbarians, and Paul is building up the fire because it's raining and it's cold. But what he don't know is before he picked up that pile of wood, God spoke, spoke to a snake and told the snake, Get in that wood. Some of y'all are having a hard time believing that. He spoke to the animals and told them to get on the boat. Right? So I believe he spoke to the snake and told the snake to get in the wood because I need an opportunity to show these people who I am. And the Bible says, when he threw the wood in the fire, the snake come out and bit Paul. And the Bible says Paul shook the snake off in the fire. And that barbarian people were standing around saying, "Uh uh-huh. Because it was an adder. It was the most poisonous snake on the planet. You couldn't live seconds. They said, that man is a criminal. The gods didn't destroy him in the ocean, but he is not going to escape. He's going to die right now. 
So the Bible says they stood back and waited and watched for him to swell up and to die. But when he didn't, they changed their mind and said, this guy must be a God. So I told you that story to tell you this. That thing that's bit you. That thing that's clinging to you. That thing that you're afraid of and you think came to destroy you. There's grace in that snake. Oh, that's too much for some of y'all right there, amen. I said, there's grace in that snake. It was designed to put you in a position that would normally destroy you, but when people around you see you shake that thing off, they're gonna step back and say, oh my God, oh my God, that has to be God. Is anybody in this place? So quit murmuring and complaining and crying over that snake and... Come on, this is a demonstrative church. Everybody shake a little bit. Huh? Come on, shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Amen. Paul said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to trip out over this snake. This snake is an opportunity in my life for the grace of God to be revealed in my life. And it's going to be made so obvious that grace is in my life that people's lives are going to be a change. Can I tell you? Amen. Who was that funny singer that, that, that wrote that song about the squirrel? Ray Stevens. Stevens. Uh, You kids ain't got a clue. (laughs) He wrote a song about when the squirrel went to church. Well, can I tell you, this was a snake that started revival on an island and multitudes were saved. When if Paul would not have had the dilemma, an entire island would have been left in their position. Can I tell you, maybe God has trusted you with an anointed stake in your life. Maybe he has trusted you with a problem and a dilemma so the grace of God could be manifested to you and through you. Somebody shout, God will provide. When he gets ready to manifest his grace, he'll build the fire up seven times harder. Are you with me, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? He'll build the fire up seven times hotter. Somebody said, that's me. That's where I'm at. It's getting hot in here, amen. He'll build the fire up seven times hotter, so hot that it killed the men who threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego into the fire, amen. But there was grace in the fire. Somebody shout it with me. There is grace in the fire. Matter of fact, that nation was not changed until God created a fiery furnace into which his grace could be made manifest. My God, I don't know how y'all feel. I'm kind of like Paul now. This changes everything. This changes everything. I'm going through some stuff and blamed it on all of y'all. Tell you what I'll do. I'll find me another church. I don't got to have y'all. Huh? I don't fit in with y'all. Y'all don't need me. Y'all don't want me. This ain't helping somebody, but I'm, I'm just saying what somebody just said in the recesses of your own home. Hmm? All of a sudden, they start saying, you know, I feel led to find another church. 
When in reality, God has created a fire in there, and it ain't nothing about the people of the church you're going to. It's an opportunity for his grace to be manifested in your life. Somebody better get this word right now. Amen. Anybody can run. Anybody can quit. Somebody help me right now. I said anybody can bow out. Amen. But you ain't never going to step into your potential until you endure the fire because the grace is only found in the fire. Matter of fact, listen to this. Amen. They came up to the Jordan River and it was swollen beyond banks and the promised land was on the other side. God told the priest, if you want to get to the other side, you're going to have to step out into the water. Amen. Here they stand, rivers flooded, torrents all in the river. It is so dangerous, but he said, the grace is in the river. And until you step out in the middle of it, you're not going to find grace. Bible says they stepped out in the middle and that thing parted. They walked out on dry ground. He said, oh yeah, on the way across, gather up 12 stones and stack it over on the other side so that every generation comes by and says, what is these stones all about? You can say, well, that was grace we found when we walked through the river. See, nobody wants any test anymore and because we don't pass the test, we ain't got no testimonies. We ain't got nothing to pass to the next generation but this new grace message. You can see it all you want to. God's grace is sufficient. You can live like hell and go to heaven. They may have a special section for you up there. I don't know. You can just party and get drunk, job, dance. Oh, this here is just too much. Amen. Uh, we've misunderstood that the grace is not to enable me to do. It's to enable me to come out of. Amen. Because I ain't doing nobody out there no good when I'm still bound by the same thing they bound up. What gives, uh, what brings glory to God is when Moses goes back to Egypt and says, let my people go. I got a grace now to bring people out of what I was bound by. Huh? Amen. And it don't matter how bad you are. It don't matter how filthy mouth you are. It don't matter how big of a drug addict you are. He said, where sin abounds, my grace does much more abound. You ain't so, oh, you ain't so bad, my grace can't pull you out. You ain't so bad. The hotter the fire, the greater the grace. Amen. The deadlier the snake, the greater the grace. Boy, I'm just going to shout by myself right there. Hey, Amen. Because it don't matter what comes my way, I got grace to be able to match it. Amen. Hey, Amen. You can't come tell me that the devil's going to take the steering wheel of my life away from God and run me into a tree of drunkenness again. I ain't hitting that tree no more. I got grace to swerve. Huh? I mean, if you want to go to the first tree of uh, first church of the tree hitters, go ahead but that's not this church. This church has got grace on it. Oh, somebody ought to help me right now. This is a grace church. This is a grace church, and there's an anointing in you, amen, to step beyond your weakness into the strength of an almighty God. And God designed it this way so that when you get on your feet, you can't say, look what I've done. You'll start saying, I am what I am by the grace of God. 
Oh, somebody ought to help me shout right there. Maybe you didn't come out of what I come out of. I'm telling you, I was losing the most good-looking thing on the earth. I was losing my only daughter, Whitney. Amen. Or this one. What was your name? The first one always gets left out. I don't even remember her name. Lacey, I was losing everything, but God deposited grace in me that sin shall no longer have dominion over my life, but now I have a grace. It is the strength of God. Woo! My God, are y'all with me? His grace is sufficient. Can I tell you this, and I need to quit. Thank you, sir. From said the long-winded preacher. <laughs> There's dreams in you and visions and desires that transcend your ability and capability. And it's robbed you of stepping into the grace that will enable you to do what's really already in you. God will provide. Because we don't realize this grace thing, we vicariously live our lives through other people. How many's got a fantasy football team? Son, you're the associate pastor here. They don't do the gambling now. They just got their own little deal. <laughs> Ain't that right, son? <laughs> He's up here saying, thank God for grace. Thank God for grace. <laughs> but these dudes do that because they can't do what that dude can do on the field. So they vicariously live their lives through these athletes. <laughs> I told you, you should have kept your hand down. <laughs> Amen. And, and we all do it. Y'all know you always hear me talk about wanting to be all buffed up and have a six pack. I just ain't found the grace to do it yet. So it either makes me Mad at buff guys or jealous? I'm just being real. Some of you women, 50 women can walk through that door that you judge just about as pretty as you, as ugly. You ain't got a problem. Y'all come on in. But if one walks in, <laughs> ooh, preacher getting real, and you think she's better looking, who she thinks she is? <laughs> Marching in. Oh, he's preaching right now. Who she thinks such a much? She ain't got to twist it. Huh? I should have quit a while ago. I can tell by that look on my wife's face. Move on. Move on. <clears throat> but that's the way we are. Some of you have books tapes, videos, and DVDs of anointed men and women of God that you are drawn to. You watch them on Sunday morning because when they preach, something in you leaps. 
You are attracted to that anointing. You want to know why? Because you have the same ability to do what they're doing. Amen. But you don't realize they do what they do by the grace of God. And you got to step. Oh, my God, I'm helping somebody. You got to step out of your inability. For in my weakness, he is made strong. And when I step into that arena, there's a grace that enables me to do what I could not do on my own. And it's to save your soul. It's to keep you, Paul, from being too exalted by the abundance of your gifting. Amen? You, say, you know, walk around and say, yeah. Oh, that was so good. That was so good, Pastor. That was so good. You, you know, you're right. That was good, wasn't it? Man, I knocked it out of the park this morning. But see, the reason I don't have a problem with pride, (laughs) because I realize before I come out of my office every Sunday morning, I'm saying, oh, my God, if you don't show up, I'm in trouble. They're going to figure me out. (laughs) Uh, Can I help some leaders? (laughs) They're going to figure me out. They're going to find out. Don't you remember? I'm the guy that rode the short bus to school. Any other brothers in the house? (laughs) Yeah, I had special classes with special teachers. I've been special all my life. Uh, Don't laugh at me. I'm being vulnerable to you right now. Are you listening to me? I was not voted the most likely to succeed. Can I get a witness? Amen. If they would have voted who was going to be a loser, it would have been Dean Love. But when God deposits his grace. Woo! Somebody shout, God will provide. I can so in my closing, I want to challenge you. The dream God give you, God will provide. The grace to fulfill it. Don't look at your resume. Some of you, your criminal record's longer than your resume. <laughs> huh? Can I get a witness? I was on probation for two years after I got saved. I got one for you religious folks. He called me to preach while I was on probation. (laughs) What? Somebody say, thank God for grace. (laughs) Yeah, going to a probation officer every month. And I was in a very religious church and I got to be feeling real bad about that. Thought I wasn't worthy. Here I am going to a probation officer every month and just thought about giving it all up. Remember that, babe? Old devil standing on my shoulder and religious people on the other backing him up. You ain't worthy. You ain't worthy. You, you, you can preach. Preach? How you gonna preach, man? You ain't been out of jail too long. <laughs> Brother? God knew I couldn't take no more, and I went in my probation officer's office, and they had changed probation officers. That guy sat down there, and he got to talking, and the Holy Ghost got to moving, and me and him had church. I left that probation officer's office. Man, I was shouting and praising God. I said, God, I don't care what that bunch says about me. I'm called, I'm anointed. Is anybody in this place? I come to tell you, 
I don't care what your past is. There's a grace for your future, and there's an anointing in you you got to go after. Stand with me all over this building. Somebody shout, God will provide. I don't know what snake has bit you, but there's grace in that snake. I don't know what you're going through. Jesus, I could go on and on and on. Jesus told the disciples, get in the boat and go to the other side. I'm going to hang out back here. You know why? Because he knew what he was going to send. He was going to provide them with a storm so that there could be some grace manifested in their lives. And halfway across there, the storm tried to destroy them. But Jesus came walking on the water. Because he wanted to give Peter an opportunity to experience a grace that was enabling him to step out of his comfort zone and walk in a situation and circumstances that look like it wants to kill you. Can I just help somebody? God didn't give you grace so you could still be bound in sin. He gave you grace to live at a level of holiness and righteousness that is a perfect reflection of your Father. Somebody receive that right now. Amen. I don't know. I don't know about what all they're preaching out there and all you're getting on this grace. But Paul said, should we sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. How can he that is dead to sin continue any longer? Therein. Some of us never experienced grace outside of being born again. And we live a life of sinners if that's possible. Because we don't understand. Grace didn't grant me permission to sin. It gave me the power to overcome it. Don't you think God's grace is good enough to pick me up? Absolutely. God said, I just need an open door to manifest my grace to you and to people around you. While I was praying, I'm going to throw this statement out here. And, 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 you know, this may just really do you in as far as Dean Love is concerned. But maybe God needed Adam to fall. Maybe he needed Adam to fall because he needed an avenue to show that I can catch you when you do. Maybe he needed him to miss the mark so that he could show a side of himself that we would have never known had he not made a mistake. God ain't fell off his throne if you blew it. Matter of fact, he told the children of Israel, I'm going to take you through the wilderness and trip you so I can catch you before you hit the ground. And you're going to come out and say, oh, my God, he's so good. I'm going to let you go hungry so I can show you I can feed you. I don't know what you're in, but there's grace in it. There's grace in it for you this morning. So I pray that maybe through this sermon that you, like Paul, are going to leave here and say, I therefore rather, instead of leaving here thinking I'm going under, I'm going to leave here praising God because I'm standing in a perfect place for the grace of God to be manifested in my life. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. 
more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.